traveller. I'm Seb Porter, and it seems you've arrived at my sketch show. Or as I like to call it, Potty Porter's Porter Potty. And much like a real Porter Potty, there's plenty of wonderful surprises lurking within. So why not stick around for a while, make yourself comfortable, as we take a leap of faith into the delightful cesspit that is my mind. It's Potty Porter's Porter Potty! Hello boys and girls, it's me, Victor. I'm feeling a bit lonely today. I really want to go and make some friends, but everyone's staying at home. It's a sad day to be a virus. Hold on, Victor. Not everyone's staying at home. Why don't you see if you can make some friends down at the town centre? Oh boy, the town centre. That's a great idea. Let's go! Okay, boys and girls, I'm stood outside the local Tesco and it looks like there's loads of people inside just waiting to be friends with me. I'm going in. Whoa there, Victor. These people are shopping for essential goods. They're too busy buying crisps and vodka to be friends with you. Oh, really? See if you can spot some that are less than two metres apart or aren't wearing face masks. That's virus code for I want to receive you. Hey, there's a man there with no mask. Oh, jeepers creepers, my first friend. Sorry, Victor. Looks like the nice shopkeeper lady is telling him he has to put one on. So he can't say hello to little old me? Not now he has a thin piece of damp fabric loosely dangling over a bit of his face. That's a shame. I was really looking forward to making him all shaky-wakey. Let's try the park instead. Gee whiz! The park sure has a lot of cool-looking folks. I'm going to go up and vibe with this lady. What are you doing, Victor? She's exercising, which means it's impossible for you to have your nasty virus way with her. You mean none of these people running want to be my friend? I'm afraid so, unless they've been running for more than an hour, which for some reason would make them fair game. Oh, I don't want to wait that long. What about this group of five here? They must like having friends. Silly Victor, they're from the same household. What about those kids playing over there? Bad Victor, they're children. You can't vibe with them. Oh boy, I'm never going to find a friend to vibe with. Maybe I should just go home. Hold on Victor, I think I've spotted something. What? Friends? Yes, look over there. That group of four is sat down having a picnic. They're not exercising, and they're not from the same household. Jiminy Cricket, they're perfect for a little virus like me. I'm going to go and crawl up their nostrils and violate their immune systems. I can't wait to... Too late, Victor. The police are here and they've just given your new friends £800 fines. Does that mean I can't play with them anymore? No, it just means they're much poorer than they were before. And now the government has more money to spend on flamethrowers to kill the homeless. Oh, that seems... fair? Well, they're leaving anyway. Maybe I'll just go home. Sorry, boys and girls. 
I didn't find us any new friends to vibe with today, but join me next time when the pubs we open. Remember, stay vibing! Victor the Vibin' Virus Welcome back to our live coverage here on Sky Sports and you join us for the main event of the day, getting into a club on a Friday night. I'm Martin Tyler, next to me is Alan Smith. Alan, what do you make of the players' mentality going into the game today? Well, Martin, I think it's fair to say spirits are high amongst the players. No pun intended for Davis there after the amount of vodka he had at pre-drinks. As you can see, he's swaying slightly while singing Come On Eileen with Connolly towards the back of the queue, already attracting the eye of the keepers there at the door. So it will be interesting to see whether this confidence is well-founded or whether it will cause complacency amongst some of the players. Yes, Alan, I've always thought of Come On Eileen as more of an end-of-the-night song myself. Well, it could well be the end of the night for Davis and Connolly if they keep up this raucous behaviour. Roswell and Gates, famous for being keepers with very short fuses, you will, of course, remember the infamous game in 2012 where Gates hospitalised a young up-and-comer for trying to get in with a fake ID. Always fascinating to watch those two. Certainly adds an element of excitement and controversy to the proceedings. Not all their decisions have been popular amongst the players or the fans. And that is the sound of the starting whistle, signalling the doors are open and the game has begun. First up, it's Cotolani. Approaching the keepers, cool as ice, exceptional balance as he slides out his ID. Yes, and a lovely little alright mate there to Gates as Roswell glances him over and lets him through. Clean, clinical and undramatic. He truly is a player at the top of his game. And behind him in the queue, we have Hansen gingerly approaching the keepers. He's very aware of their reputation and doesn't want to spark their fury. But he's fumbling around in his pockets. Oh, and he drops his ID on the ground. That's not a popular move with the keepers there. We can see a glance between them. And yes, Roswell is shaking his head and it looks like we have an early exit here outside Inferno's. What a disappointment for Hansen there. He isn't going to be happy with that performance. One too many carlings at Prees and it really shows here. He's slinking off home with a definite lack of spring in his step. Next up, it's Williams. She's certainly a player to keep an eye on and is having an absolute corker of a season right now. Although she went very heavy at Prees tonight, didn't she, Alan? Six Bacardi breezes and a whole bottle of Blossom Hill would be more than enough for steady boozers like me and you, Martin, let alone someone with her metabolism. So she's got to be careful here. Well, she does have the advantage of having natural charm and charisma, which has proved hugely successful with keepers in past games. And it looks like even though there is a very noticeable slur to her speech, it is that same charm that is working its magic on Roswell and Gates there as they smile and let her through with a little pat on the bottom there from Gates. Some would argue potentially quite a sexist move from Gates there. What do you think, Martin? Well, I understand where those comments are coming from. But to be fair to Gates, if Williams didn't want to have her arse patted, she shouldn't have grown it in the first place. And the keeper's smiles turning to sour, stony expressions there as Braithwaite steps up to the mark, enthusiastically whipping out his ID and holding it a little too close to Roswell's face there. Yeah, he's one of those players that keepers just don't seem to like, despite his best intentions. He only had two bottles of IPA at pre-drinks, but already it isn't looking good for the philosophy student from Surrey as Roswell is clearly tensing up. 
And it's a fatal error from Braithwaite there as he asks Roswell if this is his only job. That's clearly rubbed the keepers up the wrong way as Gates grabs the young player by the throat and throws him down into the road before giving him a quick kick in the midriff. A brutal exit for Braithwaite and some of the fans are booing Gates there as Braithwaite gets to his feet and looks around for the ref who apparently is nowhere to be seen. And he's walking back up to Gates despite the kicking he was given just moments ago. I didn't see that coming and clearly neither did Gates. But if Braithwaite was expecting Gates to be phased by his quick recovery, he's very much mistaken. And as Gates turns towards him, I could see him gearing up for his signature move, the Raging Bull. Braithwaite has to step away now, but instead he tries to push Gates and that is a big mistake as Gates unleashes the Raging Bull, charging at Braithwaite with all his might and slamming him into the path of a taxi. I can't believe what I'm seeing here. That's gotta hurt. It's not just you, Martin. The fans are up on their seats and beside themselves with anger. A lot of them gesturing frantically for Gates to be sent off, but unbelievably the ref claims he didn't see it. That is a chorus of boos from the fans there echoing across the stadium. And yes, that's the final whistle signalling full-time for what has been a truly eventful game here in Clapham. What about that, Alan? Well, I'm just wondering what happened to Davis and Connolly. We saw them before the match singing at the back of the queue and then, uh, oh yes, there they are, passed out against the wall with a doner kebab spilling out onto their designer jeans. What a game this has been. What a game indeed, Alan. That's all from us for now, but join us again at 3am for our coverage of the queue at McDonald's live on Sky Sports. See you then. Hello, and welcome to the Vinnie Jones Relaxation CD. Work's not really coming in at the moment, so this is what I've been reduced to. Anyway, let's get on with it. Right, you're in a bath, ain't you? You're in a bath full of soap, let's say, imperial leather, or whatever fucking soap you use. And the bath is on a beach, and the beach is on a tropical island. Bora Bora, except without all the cunts. I want you to lie back and soak up the atmosphere, the warm breeze on your face, the sensation of bubbles all around you and the sound of the waves gently crashing on the beach. You're in paradise. Let go of all the stresses of the day and breathe in, one, two, three and out, one, two, three. Don't that feel good? Slowly you become aware of a presence. You open your eyes and whilst they adjust to the sunlight you see a figure standing next to the bath built like a brick shithouse. It's me. And I grab your fucking head and push it under the water and say, where's the money? Where's my fucking money, you relaxed bastard? And I pull you out by the throat and take out a fucking Vinny, knife and... Vinny, what are you doing? This is a relaxation CD, you mug. So, sorry, Steve, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought I was in a Guy Ritchie film again. Stop mucking about and get on with it. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Fa thanks, Steve. Sorry about that, listener. That don't happen, and I'm not there. Try and take your mind back to before it got a bit nasty. So you're in a bath, okay? And you feel really relaxed now, so you decide to get out of the bath. So you slowly stand up, feeling the wind lightly brushing against your body 
and you step out of the bath and onto the soft warm sand. Don't worry about draining the bath as a geezer does that for you. You begin to walk along the coastline. There's no one else, this is just your island, so there's no shame about being stalkers. You walk at such a leisurely pace you feel like you're floating, with your todger gently swaying from side to side, or minge if you're a bird, but that just stays still. The sun feels fucking lovely, not too hot, but you're bathed in its warm glow. Your attention moves to the shape of the sand in front of you. You notice there's a hole coming up that someone's dug. As you reach it, you look down and see someone stood there. It's me. And I'll pull you down into a fucking hole and push your face into the sand and say, what the fuck was that yellow card, ref? What the fuck was that about? I didn't fucking touch him, you lying little prick. I'll fucking kill you. Vinny, I'll fucking... Vinny! That's it, mate. You're done. This isn't going to work. Steve, look, I'm sorry, mate. I, I thought I was a footballer again. No, Vinny, it's not professional, mate. I've had enough. I, I want you to leave. No, no, Steve, come on. I, I need this. I need, I need the money. Give me another chance. No, Vinny, you've had your chance. You'll have to find money from somewhere else. Oh, will I? All right. Well, maybe I'll just take your fucking money you then, you cheap no. bastard. Come, come here. Come here, you fucking cunt. Give me your fucking money. Give it here. Thank you for calling Leech Cover, the UK's premier site for car insurance. Please choose from the following options. For new policies, press 1. For claims on existing policies, press 2. To let us know you are Evil Knievel, press 3. Or to cancel a policy, press 4. OK, you have chosen to let us know you are Evil Knievel. What? No, I didn't. Because of this, the cost of your policy will now be increased by £41,000 and what? 99 no, 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 no. Does this sound correct? Please choose from the following options. For yes, press 1. For yes, press 2. For of course it does, press 3. Or to proceed, don't press anything. If you hang up, we will take this as a yes. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. I'm not evil Knievel. Thank you for proceeding. We are sorry, but your current payment card does not have enough credit to cover £81,000 and 29 pence. Oh, fuck for that. To pass your details onto our debt collection agency, press 1. Or to arrange an alternative method of payment with a member of our team, please hold. OK, don't press anything. Don't touch the buttons. Are you sure you would not like to press 1? Oh god, I'm scared. OK, please hold. Oh, thank God. Sweet Jesus, thank you. Good morning, children. the card details, please. Excuse me? Sorry, I didn't catch a word of that. Hey, you got no damn pissing in the bed. I'm just gonna 
A problem? I only heard a problem, but yes, there actually is a problem. I was just trying to cancel my policy, and then the robot voice thing took me through this evil Knievel option, and now it's saying I have to. Evil Knievel package has now been applied. Sorry, no, I don't want the evil Knievel package. I'm not evil Knievel. I'm a man who lives in Watford and designs staplers. Please hold. Ugh. Down, 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 Hello, you prick. It's me again. You're the robot voice from before. Thought you could get away with talking to a real person, did you? For yes, press 1. For oh god, I'm sorry, press 2. For please don't kill me, I've got so much to give, press 3. Th this is psychotic. I I'm hanging up. Don't you dare. If you know what's good for you, you'll stay on the line, Frank. How, how do you know my name? You have three options. To electronically sign a contract giving all your possessions to us, press 1. To activate the bomb planted in the bedroom of your mother, Gail, press 2. Or to hear a joke about a dog, it's 3. 3? Activating chloroform. Huh? What do you call a dog who can perform magic? Abracalabrador. Thank you for calling Leech Cover. We will send round an operative shortly to collect what is owed. Goodbye. We continue our exploration of the world's most reclusive creatures by journeying to the mighty Amazon. Over half of the world's tree population can be found here after they were bulldozed to the ground from that boring forest which shares its namesake and turned into cardboard packaging. We begin in the warehouse, an integral part of the Amazon's ecosystem. The creatures here have not seen daylight ever since they were abducted from Indeed.com and have developed rather unusual methods of surviving in this harsh metallic wilderness. This forklift driver has taken to sticking a picture of his family, who he has not seen for over 12 years, to the forklift's dashboard, which allows him to weep while he works, saving him valuable time to spend queuing for the single toilet provided in the warehouse during his five-minute lunch break. These floor sweepers have had their lunch breaks taken away from them after being caught whistling in the workplace so rather ingeniously have instead begun inhaling the clouds of dirt and dust they sweep whilst chewing on their high-vis jackets to simulate a meal. By doing this, they can survive without proper food for over 36 hours, or half an Amazon shift. The Amazon's manufacturing facility has a more humid climate a mix of heat generated by the multitude of machines and sweat generated by the factory workers, who are denied air conditioning in order to cut costs. 
Here, life is monotonous, yet ruthlessly fast-paced. One mistake by an Amazonian worker, and they are forced to wear a wintry jumper caked with the foreman's feces. Another mistake, and the punishment is a trip to the Chamber of Carnage, where they are forced to fight a mechanical bear made from faulty kitchen appliances. Unlike buying a toaster that is unsatisfactory, for these unsatisfactory workers, there is no returns policy. Finally, we journey to the most elusive part of the Amazon and a place few are lucky to see in their lifetimes, the Palace of Bezos. Here, the Amazon's king, Jeff Bezos, surveys his underlings from a vast 400-foot window made from the crystallized tears of small business owners. He chooses to feed only on roast orangutan and deep-fried panda toes, and will stand here at the window for all 24 hours of the day, sleeping with his eyes open like a venomous python. We have arrived here on Midsummer's Eve, which for the Palace of Bezos is the setting for the most important event of the year mating season. Here, Jeff Bezos will depart from his perch at the window for the first and only time each year in order to summon the Dark Lord Prime. Once summoned, the Dark Lord will receive Bezos's report on the Amazon's annual profits before delivering his instructions for the forthcoming year. After this part of the ritual is complete, the Dark Lord Prime will furiously mate with Bezos for several hours before laying his eggs inside. Ah, we have arrived here just in time. The Dark Lord is being summoned as we speak. My Lord Prime, I am not worthy of your divine presence. Brother to me not, you slimy bald worm. The prophets are all I seek. Of course, your radiance. Profits have increased by 40% since we took away the air conditioning and decreased lunch breaks. You have done well, Bezos. But there is even more profit to be made this year. You must now take away all holiday pay and health care benefits. An excellent suggestion, my lord. I am ready to receive you now. Insolent swine! You expect me to breed on camera? But my lord, that is not my camera. What? Oh shit, I've been rumbled. I must escape. After him, Bezos. I want his head. Yes, my lord. Come back here, you peeping Tom. No! How do I get out of here? The Amazon is so vast. Help! Help! <laughs> and just like that, episode three was no more. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Uh, before we go, you know what time it is. Shout out or call out. This is where I either shout out something that I want to big up, or I call out something that I think needs taking down a peg or two. And this week, we're doing a call out. And I'm calling out American live studio audiences. There are two problems here. Uh, one, 
They don't seem to understand that what they're watching isn't real. So when two characters kiss in a very mediocre sitcom, suddenly it's like they've witnessed their best friends proposing to each other and they're whooping at the top of their lungs and crying with joy and, it's the best day of my life, ah, fuck off. Um, and secondly, they still seem to find a man wearing a dress the most hilarious thing ever witnessed. And I'm sorry, but you need to take a look at yourself, mate, because, you know, it's not, it's not that funny. Let people wear what they want. Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, yeah, I'll see you on the next one. Ta-da! It's party, 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 party. It's party, party, party.